everyone, and it's so good to see all your faces here this morning. Um, welcome to Portage Faith United Methodist Church and to this rainy day, but here we are glowing inside and ready to worship our Lord. All right. Uh, just have a couple of announcements. First of all, I wanted uh, to say that we have flowers on the altar to the glory of God from Maxine Hill. And we also have uh, flowers in the red vases and the, along the pews here. We're having a wedding today. Okay. Um, and uh, so that's why we have extra flowers here to enjoy. Um, happy birthday wishes this week. We have Jamie Roberts' birthday coming up. Happy birthday, Jamie. Wish you well. For May Davis, happy birthday, May. And for Robin Gay, Robin Gay, uh, very many more happy, happy days and, and many years to come. And finally, I want to, oh, I have two announcements left. Um, Children's Education Committee will be having a meeting on March 20th at 10 a.m. Please, if you are interested in uh, or been participating in education for um, the children or the adults or the youth, or if you want to be a part of the BBS or the nursery, please come to this meeting. And that will be down in the fellowship hall. And then that same day in the morning, the Easter Bunny is going to be here at our front uh, bridge. And he will be handing out candy to people passing by in their cars. And we are in need of some candy donations that can be brought to Chris or Debbie, uh, Debbie site. That's right, there are flowers for Easter that you can order, and those uh, order forms are in the back. Um, I don't know, <coughs> oh, it's on the back here. These are them, there it is, the Easter order forms that you need to get in by March 11th, which surprisingly is coming right around the corner here. Well, greetings, everyone. It's a good morning. It's warm. Well, relatively speaking, it's warm, right? It's warmer than it has been. There's no ice. Yay! So uh, it's a good day as far as I'm concerned. And we need the rain because it sets us up for a good planting season. So uh, it's a good day. We'll begin with our call to worship this morning. It is responsive. So you get to read the bolded parts, all right? Let us turn our minds from human things. Our days in Jesus' us. Let, let us set our minds on divine things. <coughs> our in Jesus' We will deny ourselves and take up our cross. Our in Jesus' us. We will lose all that we may gain all. Our in the Light of Christ reading this morning is from Psalms, chapter 22, verses 23 through 31. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. 
From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him indeed shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. Please join me in the prayer. All honor and glory to you, O God. Your mercy knows no limit, and your love knows no death. You hold out your hand, and the afflicted are healed, and the poor are fed. Your benevolence is steadfast, and your promise is sure, from generation to generation.
for the patience and the strength to go through the ordeal. We'd like to lift prayers for, for Ann Caruso and Todd Partner, who are getting married in our sanctuary this afternoon. This afternoon. Lord, be with them as they begin this new chapter of their lives together. Help them to have a long, healthy, and happy marriage. And we thank you too, Lord, that Chris's friend John is off the ventilator. Um, that's a big step in his recovery. And so uh, we want to thank you for, for helping him and, and making him heal and um, just continue to be with him and his family as he hopefully continues to get better. And um, we'll be able to get out of the hospital again and rejoin his family and friends and return to life as he wants to. So we thank you, Lord, for, for all of your help and strength for all of us who struggle. And then, Lord, we want to lift some thanks and some praise to you today. Number one for a lot of us is the snow is melted. No more ice. Hopefully, well, it's northeast Ohio. Tomorrow we get out for the snow, but I, I doubt it. Doesn't say it's but we'll probably have some more snow, Lord. I'm sure there's more in store for us. But thank you for the respite and thank you for the promise of spring that we're getting today, which will hopefully help to carry us forward, even if we do have another moment of lakes. That we know spring is here and is coming and it's a time of, of new growth and new life is about to enter upon us as the seasons cycle through. So, Lord, we thank you for that. And we, we want to lift... Alexander James, born January 13th, grandson of Ward and Risha. We want to lift him before you. Thank you for him. Thank you for the health of his parents, his mother. Um, apparently he's a big strapping baby, so um, we're so, so proud to have him as part of our family. And we thank you for him. And then for Holly Decker and family, um, thank you for helping them recover from COVID. It's a long road, as we've already said, and Lord, we just appreciate you being with all the people who struggle in this time and with this disease and with all the other things that can accompany it. So we thank you that they're recovering, and we pray, Lord, that they continue to do so. And then, Lord, the congregation suggested I lift a prayer to myself, for myself, not to myself, for myself, to you, for my continued healing and rehab of my shoulder. I thank you, Lord, that I live in a time where surgeons can go in and fix those fine tendons and, and muscle connections, which, you know, 100 years ago wouldn't have been possible. So, uh, you know, even though it's going to take some time, I will get back to normal, and I'm looking forward to that, and I thank you for that possibility in my life. Grant, O oh God, that the prayers we offer may be your channel for new and abundant life, not only hoped for, but worked for through faithful word and deed. Amen. And now let us say the prayer the Lord taught us together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Let it be, dear 
felt like um it felt like dad strength you know when you were a kid and you're wrestling with your dad you know and he's just taking all the hits and he's toying with you and then boom he just takes you down jesus setting me straight that day that felt a lot like that okay okay i know i know hindsight is 2020 but at that time and at that moment, I just couldn't figure out what he was talking about, you know? I mean, why did he have to suffer? Why did he have to die? No, 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 not on my watch. This wasn't gonna happen, no sir. It just wasn't like he was, he was thinking straight, you know? I kept thinking maybe he's dehydrated, maybe he's hungry. The man never got enough to eat, if you ask me. So I take him aside and I start laying into him. And before I could even get very far, he stops me, looks me in the eyes, cause he has those eyes. And you know what he said to me? Get behind me, Satan. Dad's strength. Those words, those eyes, that moment floored me. He floored me. <sighs> but I mean, seriously, get behind me, Satan. All right, I admit I have some flaws, you know, but Satan, I mean, that stung a bit, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I just didn't get it. I just didn't see the whole picture, which won't be the last time that'll happen, mind you. <laughs> you see, I, I wanted him to use that, that dad strength on the world, you know? I mean, my desires, my plans. And your boy, Peter's plans, they don't always work out so good. I.e. ear slicing, etc. But he knew, he knew all along. <laughs> he would give us just enough rope for allow us to figure things out for ourselves. And then he just, he had that dad strength, you know? He'd pull us back in. Right at that moment, we needed saving from ourselves. That was his plan all along, saving us from ourselves. Saving me from myself. 
scripture lesson this morning is from Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Then he began to teach them that the Son of God must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone, any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes to in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The word of our Lord. Amen. God of revelation, unveil your kingdom in our midst. Show us who we truly are in you. Expose the illusions that distort our vision. Deliver us from temptations that contort our living. Open our eyes in this time of trial that resistance may be the secret of our joy and our joy a sign of your showing. Amen. Well, did you know that Ben and Jerry's, you know, the ice cream guys from Vermont, those kind of hippie Vermont ice cream maker guys, they have a new line of flavors. Did you know that? Well, they do, and they're called cores. They're ice cream flavors wrapped around thick cores of cookie dough or caramel sauce or brownie batter or cookie batter or peanut butter fudge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they all sound delicious. But there's one in particular called peanut butter fudge core. It consists of chocolate and peanut butter ice creams with mini peanut butter cups surrounding a thick core of peanut butter fudge. Oh. Now I've never tasted because ice cream doesn't really agree with me anymore. But I crave it just the same. I can taste it. La, 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 la. And the peanut butter fudge, <laughs> I love fudge. I'm sure if I bought a pint, I'd eat the whole thing myself in one sitting. I'm sure I would. That's why I haven't bought one. And another thing. Why does Ben and Jerry's always come out with a new flavor every spring, just as I'm trying to fit into last year's swimsuit? 
It's just not fair that Ben and Jerry's taste so good. Now, Cherry Garcia, that's my absolute favorite. My mouth is watering. <laughs> it really is watering <laughs> right now. Just talking about it. Speaking of mouth watering, here's a quick story about Ben and Jerry. They both retired from the day-to-day -day operation of Ben and Jerry's ice cream now. But back in the early days, Ben Cohen had a rare sinus condition that kept him from tasting all those beautiful new flavors very well. Uh, so his partner, Jerry, kept adding more and more flavoring to the test batches until Ben could taste it. And today, that intense flavor has remained part of the recipes that we love. As I was writing this sermon, no kidding, a Ben and Jerry's ad popped up on my computer screen. I went into the kitchen and there was a Ben and Jerry's ad on the back of a magazine that had just come in the mail. And last week when I went to the grocery store, I swear, really, I swear, I heard the Ben and Jerry's pints calling to me from the freezer case by name. Yes, I'm coming to a point here. You say you want to lose weight by summer? Well, the stumbling block has chocolate chunks, chunks and mini peanut butter cups in it. Just so you know. The word Satan in the Bible comes to us from a Hebrew word that means stumbling block, opponent, adversary something in the way of our goal. So when Jesus calls to Peter, get behind me, Satan, he's basically saying to him, get out of my sight. You're in my way. Peter has stepped into the path that Jesus is walking and is trying to stop Jesus from doing exactly what it is that Jesus has come to do. And here's the kicker. It probably would have been so easy for Jesus to not do what he was meant to do. Jesus is walking headlong toward the cross, and he's doing it by choice. As easy as it would be to reach into the freezer and grab a pint of Ben and Jerry's, that's how easy it would have been for Jesus to just say, No, I'm not going. But he didn't. It would have been so easy to go off and get married, set up shop, start making tables, chairs, dollhouses, and donkey yokes. Instead, Jesus chose to die. It's not like Jesus didn't struggle, though, with this decision. In fact, the Bible tells us that he struggled so fervently in the Garden of Gethsemane as he waited for the soldiers to come and arrest him, that he actually bled drops of blood through the pores of his skin. He could have risen from his knees, left his prayer, and run away. He could have saved himself. He could have just said, no! Now, just a few verses before this one, in our scripture lesson today, 
our illustrious disciple Peter actually got the answer right for once. Do you remember it? As they walk along, Jesus and his disciples are talking about what the crowds are saying about Jesus, and suddenly Jesus turns to them and pointedly asks his dear friends, but who do you say that I am? And after some hums and haws and a few wrong answers that the others give, Peter blurts out, you are the Messiah. And even though Peter is correct, Jesus tells him to keep a lid on it and don't tell anyone. So Peter keeps it to himself. He believes Jesus is the prophesied Messiah, all right, but he still thinks that Jesus is there to take over the kingdom and start a new one. That was the prevailing view that most Jews at the time held about the nature of the Messiah that they had been waiting for. Peter was in good company. So no wonder Jesus was angry with Peter. He just didn't get it. All that time Jesus had spent teaching this Yahoo, he just didn't understand why Jesus had come. Jesus chose to go to his death so that we, all of us, could be here now. Remember, this is Peter that we're talking about. Peter, the disciple, most likely to have his last words be, hey, y'all, watch this. This is the Peter who stepped out of the boat and walked on the water before he fell in. I imagine the rest of the disciples ribbing him and giving Peter a hard time, like young guys will do as they fished him out of the water. They were probably laughing at him. But Peter, undaunted, was sitting there on the floor of the boat, wide-eyed, saying, three steps. Man, did you see that? This is the same Peter who later on would stand up and put on his clothes and then jump into the water when he saw Jesus cooking breakfast on the beach. Peter, who witnessed the transfiguration on the mountaintop, he saw with his own eyes Jesus in blinding white robes, standing with Moses and Elijah. And Peter's first thought was, hey, let's build a gift shop. In the video this morning, Peter makes reference to Jesus flooring him with his dad's strength, saying, not the last time it would happen. And it wasn't. Jesus told Peter to put his sword away. Jesus told Peter he would deny him three times. Jesus would ask Peter, do you love me with all that you are? <coughs> now it's okay. Just like Peter, now and again, God reaches into our lives gives us a good old-fashioned dope slap. We get ourselves so focused on schedule, on celebration, the decorations, our spring vacation, the process of Lent and Easter that Jesus has to reach out and go, 
hey, remember me? So let's look for a minute at another passage in the 21st chapter of John. This is very soon after Peter gets dressed before jumping into the water to get to shore. And when he gets to the beach, they all sit down to eat the breakfast that Jesus has cooked for them. And when they finished eating, Jesus turns to Peter and asks him if Peter loves him. Now it would be helpful to mention here, there are four words for love, L-O-V-E, in Greek. In the New Testament, they are as follows, philos, storge, eros, and agape. So when Jesus asks Peter in the original Greek, do you love me? He uses the word agape. Essentially, Jesus is asking, do you love me without condition? But Peter answers using the word Jesus, I love you like a brother, like a family member. So Jesus tries again as if to say, no, that's not what I meant, Peter. I asked you, do you love me without condition? And again, Peter answers, Jesus, you're my bro, dude. Okay, that's a loose translation, but you get the idea. He's not getting it. So finally, Jesus says, okay, Peter, do you love me like I was your brother? Always gracious, Jesus. We miss this nuance in these verses when we read this passage in English. Since we only have one word for the idea of love, our word love covers every possible shade of meaning. You see, Jesus understands that Peter is not yet ready to make that leap from philos to agape, from familial love, like for a brother or sister, to unconditional self-giving love, the kind of love that God has for us. Instead, Jesus just meets Peter where he is. And Jesus always meets us just where we are. Thank goodness for that. And here's the irony of all of this. Peter is the seminal figure in the very creation of the church. He is the cornerstone. Peter, the betrayer. Peter the ear slicer, Peter the dunk tank champion, Peter the fisherman, Peter the one who more than any other disciple needed a good old dope slap to get him to pay attention. That is the guy Jesus used as the foundation for his church. Now here's a question. Should that worry us? Or should that give us immense comfort. We humans mess up a lot. We are all much more like Peter than we are like Jesus. We doubt, we worry, we stress out over the number of angels in the pageant and the number of eggs to put in the Easter egg hunt. 
We'll, we will argue over hit, which hymns are appropriate or whether the pianist or the praise band will play them. And we will disagree over the number of verses we should sing. And we'll even debate whether or not the sunrise service should be held at sunrise or an hour later to give people more time to wake up. And all the time, Jesus is running around us all in a circle saying, wake up, this is important. Listen to what I'm telling you. But we can't hear him sometimes because we're too busy wrapped up in our own worries. The Bible says several times that Jesus would tell a parable and the disciples had no idea what he was talking about. Guess who that was? Even after the resurrection, it says, but some still doubted. So some of them didn't believe what was right before their very eyes. When Peter walked on the water, when he took that step of faith, when he became the man Jesus was going to build a church on, Jesus wasn't sitting in the boat saying, go. No, Jesus was standing out in the storm saying, come. Jesus is calling us into a storm. And it isn't supposed to be easy. In fact, it will be downright challenging sometimes, even, dare I say, difficult. There are way too many books and songs and films out there today that seem to say, follow Jesus and your problems will all be over. Not hardly. Your problems are likely just beginning. They just will be different problems. Jesus never promised to solve our problems for us. He only promised to be right beside you and me as we go through them. So here's the bottom line. Jesus made the choice to die in the most horrible, painful, humiliating way possible in his time. And then, and then he came back. He came back so that we would know it was all true. Everything Jesus said about God and loving one another, all that was true. And it still is.
opportunity to um, let you all know, or remind you really, that next week is the first week of the month. What happens on the first week of the month? Yeah. Yay, communion! Who's excited about, come on. Are we excited about communion? We haven't been able to take communion in months. So next Sunday, we will have communion. Um, for those of you who were here in that brief time in the fall when we were able to meet in person, we will do it just like we did it then. So near the door when you come in will be trays uh, set out with the pre-packaged um, sterile little communion cups with the wafer on the top. I know those aren't great, but it's communion, so. And, and we don't have to worry about contamination that way. So um, the usher will make sure you get one as you come in. And um, I will ask again before we begin the ceremony in case anyone forgets to get theirs um, and just can raise your hand and the usher will bring you one. And then we will go through the liturgy of the communion and um, we will take the elements together um, in the pews, okay? So I just want to give you a heads up about that for those of you who will be here. And uh, you can, anyone who um, has been clamoring for communion that you know who isn't here today, make sure you let them know too so that they can be here and partake in that with us. It's a very important thing that we do both as United Methodists and as Christians. And I feel very bad that we haven't been able to, to partake of that ritual and sacrament. It's very important to all of us. So that will happen next week. Giving is not a casual act. It relates to God's, it relates to, it relates God's work to our work. Peter writes, as each has received a gift, employ it for one another. As good stewards of God's very grace, that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So let us give as people whose work is inextricably linked to God's great works of creation, of redemption, and empowerment. And again, I want to thank all of you who have been so faithful with your giving. Almighty God, giver of every good and perfect gift, teach us to give to you all that we have and all that we are, that we may praise you not only with our words, but with our words. Thank you.
Something majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light In darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great is our Is our God, and I'll see how great, how great is our God. Age to age he stands, and time is in his hand, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The dark had three. Spirit, Son, a lion in the land, a lion in the land. How great is our God, sing with me, how great, how sing, how great, how great is our Named and claimed by God. 